Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Podcast. Uh, I didn't go to work today, so I have absolutely no idea what time it is, what day it is, or anything really. Um, so I'm glad I've got two fine men to keep me right. Hello, Craig Kales. Hello. I don't know why you're expecting me to be any better than this. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're off every Monday, so you're used to this thing. I have no idea what's going on today. And Tom Watt. Hello. Hello. Um, we've had a busy week of Premiership action, which we're about to dive into. But first, we'll have a, a quick chat about what's hot in the streets and what's not in the streets. Um, what's hot in the streets, guys? I tell you what's not hot. Um, calling a six-month loan deal your dream move. <laughs> Forgetting that you've still got a year left on your contract at your current employer. Oh, or a, year, a year and a half, sorry. I don't uh, think he's forgotten the slightest. He's got a year and a half left in his contract at all. Um, it, that, uh, that Simpsons gif of, uh, of firing a match onto the bridge has never been so apt <laughs> as to Florian Camberry arriving at Rangers. Um, his commitment to absolutely burning every bridge that he could possibly use to get back is quite remarkable, to be honest. I, I know it's. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a good move for Hibs. I don't think McNulty's better than him. Um, I, I'm not sure he's going to do much for Rangers between now and the end of the season. Uh, and Hibs could have done with another striker, if, if if anything, rather than replacing one for another. So overall, I think it's a really bad move. But those Hibs fans are not happy with what he said the minute he's uh, got out of Easter Road. Uh, he's gone to Rangers. Who let's not forget that they've built up. If there wasn't already a rivalry there, they've kind of built one up over the last couple of years uh, with the cup final and, and the championship and things like that. Um, so the, the, the Hibs fans are not happy with Canberra. Great to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll have an interesting like three months and then Jermaine Defoe will come back. And <laughs> I'll never see him in Scottish football again. Um, hotties though, Scottish deadline day was actually 
chaotic. More chaotic. <laughs> it was worthwhile. You know, normally it's like, you know, you 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 kind of turn on the TV to watch the ticker tape going at like tens of millions of pounds of transfers going on down south. But the Scottish one was mad. All the clubs were after someone. You know, it, it, there were twists and turns, and there was right until the very last moment there was things expecting to happen, which is probably gets people so excited even during the night yeah. even waking yeah. up the next morning to a transfer was it, was it was I like sitting there on social media to just be like look go lad, to bed lads we're about to bed like, yeah. but there's something it's going to happen but we're not doing it now it's 11 o'clock at night it's ridiculous <laughs> nonsense Co- Cove teasing the, the signing <laughs> like contract signing and then 8 hours later 6 <laughs> hours later announcing the actual deal oh, yeah. Livingston's one was the best though where they teased a sign in didn't mention the word signing in the tweet and then it turned out to just be Dolly Menga coming back <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it was just chaotic more than anything else, and it seems like there was a whole collection of other deals or people were chasing other people, which didn't happen. Yeah, um, Mikel Miller and Steve Davis had bids turned down at Aki's, which again I don't know who's bidding for Mikel Miller or Steve Davis. Hibs were bidding for Mikel Miller, apparently. That makes no sense at all. Absolutely zero sense, apart from the fact he scores against Hearts. Chance <laughs> to the fun of it all. Uh, I've, my... I love how Hibs have now gone down the Craig Levine signing route, though. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, uh, my hottie uh, is um, a, a dual pronged attack of uh, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Um, <laughs> if, and if you've not spent all day listening to Jennifer Lopez tracks, that's your fault, and it's your, you're to blame for this, and it's your loss, really. Um, but I have uh, inadvertently just been shouting "Dally" a lot today as well. <laughs> Um, and I get an enormous pop. This is obviously last night's festival halftime show, and I got an enormous pop for the like eight bars of uh, Waka Waka that we got from uh, Shakira as well, which was in the midst of it. And there's all these like ten thousand things going on. Uh, that's the World Cup 2010 anthem, isn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. So I spent all day listening to Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. So. I woke up to that clip of her doing whatever she was with her tongue Dally. this morning, and. Um, <laughs> I was I was confused. It was one of the first things I seen I, I saw today, and you know, I, was, I was very confused by it. <laughs> yeah, American sports do that, and the, the things a huge amount of things happen overnight, and then in the morning, if you've not if there's no context to it, then by that point the jokes have kind of run out on it. So like the, again, the Donald Trump thing about about congratulating the great state of Kansas, who didn't have anyone playing in the, in the Super Bowl, which was really really great. But by the time it got to the morning, I was glad that it sort of bombed itself out. So yeah. I like uh, two years ago, um, I went to a, like a Super Bowl party. I finished work. I finished work in Glasgow. It was when I was commuting back through Edinburgh. Went back through Edinburgh. Uh, I was seeing this lass at the time and I went round to like one of her friends to, to the Super Bowl party. Got there after the game kicked off. Uh, I can't remember who was playing, but one team went into some unassailable lead uh, and everybody was talking about how it was over. I was already knackered. Like I say, commuting through to Glasgow, full shift. I thought, right, I'll go home and go to bed. Went to bed, woke up, the, <laughs> woke up the next morning to find out I'd missed probably the greatest comeback ever in sporting history. Yep. And interestingly enough, the same coach that was coaching last night who had a 10 point lead and lost again. So, very good. It does very seem good. to be like Super Bowl has like the blue shell in Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. You think you're ahead, but you're not far enough yet. Um, Naughties, private detectives. And not for the reason you might think. <laughs> well, yes, for the reason that you might think. I already thought this had reached peak Scooby-Doo when people were saying that they'll try to cut his brake lines, which felt very Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. But as it turns out... 
No, as it, it was for the, it was it was we would have got away with it, but it wasn't for you. <laughs> it's just so brilliant how the rumours just grow arms and legs. Sorry, I know I'm no, cutting across no, here, no. but like people like claiming attempted murder and all this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, you've no idea what's happened. Where, where can it go next? What I don't quite understand. So this is where this is why it's, you know it would have been a hottie because it's such a good story. But if you're a private detective who cannot find what is effectively the Batmobile <laughs> in Glasgow, when like. Rangers Twitter can find every single player at every single time, but if you can't track that car through the streets, of, you know. Yeah, what well, you you're you're an absolute failure of a private detective. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my naughty is uh, Richard Keys, who, as it turns out, writes blogs, which look as if they've been written somewhere around 1998. Apart from apart from the one a couple of weeks ago where he tried to sound all woke, what was it he was writing about oh, a couple of weeks no ago? Idea. I've only seen it. I've only seen it today's, which is quite. A, and it was like a PR firm had written it for him. Yeah. It's quite a quite a read, but yeah, if you have a look at Richard Keys' Twitter account, you will find him not dishing the dirt on Karen Brady, but threatening that he's got dirt on Karen Brady. I don't care. I really, truly don't care. I did read every word of it, but I really don't care, Richard. Yeah, I mean, he was he was saying like um, yeah he didn't really go into details about what it was all very what odd. she had said and what he had said and yeah sleuthing we get any more you lost your job because you're an awful human being <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's get to the real action um, I'm gonna use the same opinion on just about all six of these games today so it's gonna be fun um, but we'll start off with the the highest scoring game of the weekend as St Johnston and Hearts both contrived to not win a game of football um, as St Johnston and Hearts drew three each in Perth and that was a bit of a carry on eh? yeah not, it's not the hunt, happiest of hunting grounds for, uh, for exactly. Hearts yeah. what, one win since that's, 2002 that's true, that's true of just about every hunting that's, ground, that's hunting ground for most, Hearts most yeah. hunting grounds have been fairly sparse in recent years but St Johnson's particularly, particularly bad, bad. It, it's, like, it's like old firm it's like we've got a record yeah. similar to what we've got against old firm away one, yeah. one win in 18 years uh, which came in September 2010 there was only one player surviving from that team that lost who played on Saturday St Johnston yes uh, it's higher right okay Murray Davidson's out the team at the moment isn't no. he Chris Kane Stevie May Stevie May Stevie yeah. May 17 year old the first how old is Chris Kane have I just, have I just um, put years on him now <laughs> this, is, this, Some is, this is the first time but certainly not as I said until not the last time I'm going to use this Stevie May's back. Stevie May's back. And even the slats are going in. It's hearts. It's a Daniel oh. Stendhal hearts. It's an aggressive press. <laughs> we spoke last week after the Rangers game that hearts were going to concede goals playing like that. And this game summed up what, like, what can happen. He's relying on Suter and Halkett to be very good at one-on-one, which they can be. But you're going to get times. Uh, like, I mean, Pereira should save the shot for the second one. But you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, concede those kind of chances basically yeah I mean it, it did seem to be a, a, a kind of if you wanted an idea of what we're going to get from Stendhal and you'd assume it will get better um, all around but you do get kind of an I'm idea I'm not going to assume that well <laughs> the, the, it, it has got better like he, he, his job his first job was to get them off the bottom of the league they're off the bottom of the league Um Second job is to get better players in and there are some although probably not as many as were needed. That's fair. So yeah. I think both of those, are, you know, two two ticks so far, and there is no way that eight weeks ago Hearts would have got no. a point and come back no. from that. The last two matches now. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know there are players chipping in with goals. There are players that obviously seem to have have bought into it. Um, Boyce looks incredible, um, but 
how that's going to be married to playing a very high defensive line, which seems to just be able to be cut out completely by any ball over the top. <laughs> I don't know how you fix that without uh, the. I, I'm not. I'm not sure the personnel there who are both, like Sutter and Halkett are both very good defenders, but I'm not sure how they're ever going to be able to play that. It's, yeah, exactly. I think you're right. It seems a bit sort of counterintuitive in that yes, there's going to be high press, but there's also going to be a high line. So they're going to try. And just, I mean, if you're going to play a high press, then you're forcing if you're forcing teams into playing long, um, unless they're going to cut through you, which with the greatest respects, St Johnston probably aren't going to do that. They're probably going to go long. They're going to look for May. They're going to look for Kane. They're going to look for the long balls. But then if you're playing such a high line as well and you've compacted the game like that because you're pressing so high and you've left such a gap behind you, surely this is kind of inevitable in this in, in this sense. And it's it seems like a work in progress, but it seems like a very obviously flawed work in progress yeah. at the moment for Hearts. It, it just it has the for me anyway. I'm not fully confident we're going to stay up yet, but um, it just has the feeling that the arse could still collapse out of it at any point. You know what I mean? We've got a goal scorer in there, yes. Um, the absolute terror in the the terrorist group chat when it was suggested that Boyce might be injured was, <laughs> was palpable. Was you good. could almost hear the blood pounding in the but Hearts he, fans' ears. He almost went off in, injured against Rangers as well. <clears throat> Only stayed on because somebody else went off injured and we'd used up all our subs. Um, so yeah, that's like two matches he's taken severe <laughs> knocks. <laughs> so, so I mean, somebody could break his leg at some point, and then we're we're back to square one in terms of in terms of goal scorers. I mean, I know Naismith's back, but he's very fragile himself. Uh, I think it, before we go into St Johnson, I think it's um, it maintains the little momentum that Hearts have. Yeah. Uh, I think the draw. The, the the scoring in the last minute, uh, again that that can feel like a victory, or at least it can it can give some motivation as if it were a victory. You've not just you know you're not just lost yeah, uh, two points in the last minute, and yeah, I, I think uh, like I say, I think um, I think it's good. It kept hearts off the obviously it was um, dependent on the game after the next day, but they're off the bottom of the table now and again psychologically that just that just uh, gives a bit of a lift I think particularly given the way that the second half went um, it certainly came across the hearts for the, the better team in the first half second half St Johnston just looked brilliant yeah, um, yeah, yeah. absolutely superb throughout the second half and as you say the momentum from that it comes back you don't win the game but it feels an awful lot closer to a win because you've taken a point from a game that you probably shouldn't have taken a point yeah from. a venue that you don't get many points from um, I think uh yeah, I, I I do think there's a lot of positives there, but yeah, if we continue to defend like that, it's, it's just going to be a flip of the coin whether we, whether we stay up or not. Thankfully, like I've been saying since the start of the season, there's a lot of shite teams in this league. <laughs> Ross County are dropping like a stone. Uh, Killy, I know, have just kind of arrested it a little bit there, but they were on a, a terrible run, uh, and obviously Simran and Hamilton have been hanging around there the, the entire season also. I have to say, I said last week, St. Johnson now have a solid back three to Choose from if they if they want. They've conceded six goals in two home games since. <laughs> uh, nailed on for that. Positives for St Johnston as well is once again Ali McCann, yeah, um, who I think we'd all sort of pinned them down as being a sort of Alan Campbell, Lewis Ferguson type in midfield, winning the ball and recycling, look comfortable on the ball. And then in the past few weeks, basically as soon as Tommy Wright said, "Oh, he wants to go and score goals," he's gone. I'm just going to go and set up goals and score goals now. That's that, that's what type of player I am. So I'm going to go and start doing that. Was absolutely dynamite for St Johnston as well. 
Yeah, he's. I was speaking about him last week. I think he's he's been excellent. I don't have much to add about him specifically, but um, to go back to May, his partnership with Kane looked like it worked really well. Kane showed some excellent touches. He's got a bit of strength. He's not going to get you goals as we've discussed, but uh, yeah, that partnership looked looked really good. I was questioning last week why they had stuck with it for the last few weeks and why they weren't giving Hendry more of a chance because he was proven to be a goal threat whenever he was on the pitch, but they, 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 they provided the goods this time. I think it was the first time in two years I've seen Stevie May annoyed he wasn't getting the ball. And, and <laughs> that might be like that, like partly that's flippant, but it's also true. Um, <laughs> I think like he, his, his first goal, he kind of sclaffed it and then he gets a penalty or just batters it down the middle. But, then he was he did start doing the things that he used to do and he was demanding the ball and went there, I can't remember who it was Ralston shot yeah. Ralston shot where he should have played him in and he raging at him and I don't think that would even have been there a week ago two weeks ago six months ago um, so I don't know there's been a, there's been enough as Stevie May back but he he certainly looked like he was leading the line properly and. Showing that he cared, which all positive signs for St. Johnston. So that rounds us off and bookends it very nicely. Uh, we will head to the other Edinburgh side as uh, Hibernian and St. Mirren played out a brilliant first half. Um, David Gray versus Ilkay Dormus. Uh, a mismatch. <laughs> Discuss. It's unfortunate when you've just signed <laughs> and, you, and David Gray goes in and gets, yeah, you think what lasted less than an hour. Um, yeah. Uh, and not just that, like not defending a raking seventy-yard <laughs> ball from the back, where you—I don't know what he was trying to do, though. I don't like it. It, it was like he tried to shepherd him out for a goal kick, but then realised there was another twenty yards before he could get. <laughs> like I'll show him inside. No, I won't. I'll just let him go. Oh no, there's so much more space for him to run into. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, it was brutal. It um, was proper, like someone had like uh, replaced his head with like an owl's head. It was just like <laughs> spinning round and round. Like I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like I've, I've just, and it's the same as any of the rest of us. Turn up, turn up to work, and you just have a bad moment for everything. Just go, like you knock over a cup of coffee, <laughs> and you just in the midst of that, you then drop all the important papers you're carrying into them, and then you volley your boss a bit. Like do it all in the space of twenty five seconds was that was that was David Gray's moment again. Um, it was, it was not. I mean, there was, it was a pretty much four minutes of two like two. I mean, the the. Uh, the uh, Darren McGregor for the for the uh, yeah. for the opening for the for the corner has probably by now realised Conor McCarthy got away from him. <laughs> I like how Hanlon gets blocked off, and then at first when I watched it, I thought, have they decided between them that if Hanlon gets blocked off, then they switch markers, they switch who they're marking. But no, I think Hanlon just realises he's fucked. <laughs> Grabs uh, Femwa. Uh, I hope he's got. I've got his name right Femua. this week. Femwa, fuck me. It's because his first name's Akim, and it just throws me. Anyway, he, he just grabs the Submarin player, and like, I'm marking him, and then goes nuts at Deutsch after uh, <laughs> McCarthy heads in. I thought it was really cheeky from Hanlon. The, the, look, the look on Deutsch's face is like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this my fault? What have I done? And um, there's been eight transfer windows since Hibs won the Scottish Cup and they still have the same fucking defence two of them are 30 plus have barely been off a treatment table in the last however many years and that's a bit harsh on McGregor he came back from two really uh, harsh and uh, 
long term injuries. Yeah, but they've been given four year deals when they're in their thirties, um, and and I understand part of it's to the kind of reward within the club. Reward well, exactly, yeah. and you want to keep these guys around and give them coaching uh, coaching uh, deals when they stop playing and that kind of thing. But they it's like they need to sign an entire new defence again and when the summer comes I know they've got Porteous but he's he's got a bit of Morelos about him that he's going to miss loads of games through uh, suspension so again they're back to Gray McGregor Hanlon and Stevenson and I think surely surely Hibs can do better than that back four at, I, the, at this moment in time I wondered whether the, the addition of Omionga in front of them might offer them that extra level of, of sort of protection because up until this point this season Hibs haven't had a midfielder that can do that. They don't have a midfielder that can def- look after their back four, who can win the ball, who can get around the pitch and, and support them in that way. Um, I still think there's a chance that that might happen. I think that might have happened slightly more readily had Hibs signed any defenders at all that wasn't Paul McGinn. Um, but it remains to be seen in that. And uh, again, the two goals from the, the two goals from Sydney were just such bad goals to lose. Um, they were both entirely preventable. Um, the second, or was it was almost the the first, the second. One, it was slightly better from St. Mirren, but the one from the corners just that, that's yeah. ju- you've just been yeah. outfought for that, and it is literally as you say, it's just blocking off one runner, and that's it. He's completely completely free head at the there, Listen, I know I'm in a glass house here, but I mean, Hearts haven't exactly had a great season, and their transfer policy has been pished for a few years and that kind of thing, but. Is there a position that Hibs don't have to sign for in the summer? Well, I think what I find so weird about it is the, like the way that the way that Jack Ross is set up. You've effectively got Allen, Malin when he's fit, Newell, Halberg. There's certainly Yanga, players that Doherty. start. Yes, all all of those are good players, but you've effectively got six players who would get into almost any side in the league, competing for three spots. Like you, you and it seems like he wants to play one up front, but you've got uh-huh. Dodge and, and McNulty. McNulty's on loan. Camberry probably won't come back after what's happened. I would imagine you're not keeping it. Omionga's on loan. Um, And in the midst of this as well, Joe Newell, as a central midfielder, has possibly looked the most capable of all of them in the past. So maybe centre midfield are maybe looking all right now. And then again, I say Omionga's only on loan. Right back, they've signed right back, a long term right back now, you'd think. But even the goalkeeper. Marciano looks like he's been working his ticket for a wee while now um, and Bogdan's contract's up at the end of the season I think um, so yeah it looks like there's uh, they're needing gutted again and they're not even doing that well at the moment in one position whether you're asking if there, there's one position that they were um, completely sorted out the yeah, centre forward because Christian Dodge is brilliant yeah. <laughs> actually brilliant I mean he's rubbish at defending corners well he missed <laughs> another sitter before he scored that it was offside but he missed another it was a great. He's now he's now moved on from. I, I saw the people. I saw the argument being made that scoring the goals he's scoring, being in those positions, score the goals is a skill in itself. Yeah, which is yeah, right. yeah, I suppose. But now he's moved on from scoring crap goals to scoring good goals yeah, as well. Yeah, a great header. Um, and that was on top of the the hat trick that he got against um, Dundee United uh, last week as well, and all three of which were very very good goals as well. He looks absolutely lethal at the moment. There's a suggestion that he's going to be called up to the Welsh national squad. So. Christian Dodge feeding off Gareth Bale crosses is going to be absolutely deadly for them as well. He looks absolutely brilliant, which again, from a guy who looked like he was going to go for all the world, go very James Collins very quickly. Um, I like how uh, when he scored his uh, most recent hat-trick the other week, Hibs 
put up a picture of him with a hat trick boy on it, and in the tweet they tagged Wales and Duncan Mackay. <laughs> Just like remind people that he's also a Welsh centre-forward and also Duncan. Not the Wales national team, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remind the Welsh national team that he's called Hasricks and Duncan. <laughs> and Duncan in there as well. But um, yeah, again, really, really good from, from Dodge um, to get himself another hat. Well, the the hat-trick on Tuesday made him the first Hibs player to score two hat-tricks in a season since like the 70s or something. Right. There was, however... A question, as James Keatings has been awarded a match ball twice for Hibs. However, one of them was for a game against Dumbarton. Now, this sounds daft, but if you go and look at Suns TV, you will see why that was not recorded as a hat-trick. <laughs> because it's one of the peachiest own goals you'll ever see in your entire life. Anyway, uh, moving on from there, uh, we will head to the Fountain of Youth Stadium, where we find Hamilton taking a... A bit of a doing of Celtic in the second half uh, as Celtic win 4-1. Um, Edward is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, I looked. I was looking at his stats. Stats. Um, so like a good striker gets about 1 in 10 conversion. Like converts about 1 in 10. He's on 17% at the moment. And accuracy generally, if you've got 25% of your shots on target, it's pretty good. 56, 56%. I'm bearing in mind he's Jesus. taking three kicks, he's shooting from distance, yeah. he's not just like a tap-in striker, uh, he's taken a, 103 shots this season, which is a hell of a lot of shots, and he's hitting the target with half of them and scoring. That is efficient. Yes, it's quite frightening. Um, Compare that to El Bactawi of two seasons ago. <laughs> or El Bactawi of any season. I just mean him when he was in the top flight, but yeah, yeah, fair. But he, there, there is an argument that uh, his all-round play may not be as good as one other striker in the league, but in terms of um, the the range of shots he takes and the the, the threat he is from set pieces and the, the you know the threat he is all round and the ability he's got to. to, to to change games like that his touch there was another one where he just yeah. took it on the spin in this game and like he did was it against St Johnston yeah oh I had Hibs, Hibs, sorry, right, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. It was, it was the Kelly, okay. Kelly, Kelly, eventually. Uh, Team in blue. No, there's been a lot of games uh, recently, and they're just the midweek games again coming up. It's just hard to distinguish them all from one another. But yeah, he, he that that touch where he takes it on the spin, and he's just he's got so much class about him. I absolutely love him. It's his second goal, and the ball reappeared. And again, it's it's wonderful play from Rogic that gets the ball to him. But the ball arrives at his feet, and you can see on the slow where he's like, where'd that come from? But again, there's no panic, there's no worry about it, just takes it and slots it again. It was such a good goal. Even such the, a very good goal. And even the free kick, it's like... Again, up and down in that And shot. hit it that hard yeah. without putting... Like, there's a, there's a, a real skill to be able to hit it that hard. It gets it up and down... Pretty much bang on the on the edge yeah, of the to get it to come down again, yeah, and and not put it over the bar, and it wasn't even in the top corner. It just no, hits it so but hard that's where I think I, I I don't want to take anything away from the technique or anything, but the goalkeeper, it was weird because the goalkeeper was so far over at first, and I was thinking he's he's far too far over there, but then he ran over to check as well. I thought okay, he's going to go back to a more a sensible position and he went straight back over and I think if he had been closer to the centre of his goal then Edwards got to aim for one of the corners yeah. then and that makes that much more difficult 
in saying that, I still have absolutely zero doubt that he still lashed it. Probably in one of the, the, <laughs> the corners. I mean, it was anyway. very close, and uh, as into the goal, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're very, and, and it was very central. It could be quite difficult. It's, I think, I think to defend. You, you could question Southwood and his position and what he was doing, but just as, as you say, Tom, the the sheer ferocity of the strike as well. Realistically, he could have put it anywhere. If he put it a foot to the right, which I don't doubt he could have done, it would have been fine as well. But again, not to take away from Hamilton, who took the lead in the games. It wasn't a. I thought it was stark in in, in terms of how. St Johnston started against Celtic in midweek. Celtic started much the same. Uh, I felt against Aki's as well, but Aki's just looked more rigid, looked more structured, looked more willing for a fight more than anything else with yeah. it. And they actually had Celtic looking like they had run out of ideas at one point in that first half. Uh, looked a little bit fragile, and then turned out to be fragile as uh, Ogunpo gets across Julian and thumps one into the net as well, which is a very satisfying looking header. Yeah, it was a very satisfying performance from him overall. He he was excellent. He's very he's a very odd player because he seems to sort of shift between looking like he's picked up football that this morning <laughs> and looking like the centre forward that he was on uh, he was on Saturday as well. Uh, we saw Lee Griffiths getting involved um, with was it Martin on the ground? For me, Griffiths is very lucky. I think he's very very fortunate there. I think has the referee. Seen it a little bit better. I I don't know. I was surprised there was that there was no action for the fourth official or a linesman or anything like that at all. I thought he was very fortunate to get away. I, for me, I think it's I think it's really really borderline. I I'm not worried about arguing it either way. I, yeah. If it had been a red, I wouldn't have complained no. about it. Uh, it not being a red, I can kind of see the referee can justify it by saying there's not enough force in it. For it to be a red card, so yeah, I'm not going to um, criticise that decision either way. But I, I do agree that Griffiths is lucky. Yeah, yep. he knew exactly what he was doing, regardless of um, how much he's left on the guy. He knew exactly what he was doing there. Yeah, I think, and I think it's not the I mean, Griffiths only just back in the team. Uh, he does need to work up some goodwill as well, and it's not the first time that there's been. It was um, Samwood's. Um, or, uh, the weekend and Lewis Ferguson a couple of weekends ago, where right? Yeah, and he was throwing stuff at, uh, into the crowd. Borderline. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like an obvious red card. It wasn't an obvious thing yeah. that needed to be highlighted. Why are you getting involved? But you know, you're you, at, at key points in the game when it's pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Don't get involved. Just daft. We we saw how much Celtic struggled against Levy after they went down to ten because you take. Any player out of a team against a team like Levy or a team like Aki, so are going to make you fight for every inch on the pitch. Then, as soon as you drop somebody out of that, you're going to get yourself into trouble. Um, it's going to make your your day an awful lot harder. And as you say, with Griffiths just back and trying to get as many games as possible in order to get himself match fitness, mm-hmm. he does not need a three game ban. He does not need to step out of the team for three games and yeah. give the chance to Klamala because if he comes in and starts scoring, does Griffiths get back into Celtic squad? Uh-huh. Don't know. There's quite a few positives for apart from the late capitulation. There is a few positives oh, yeah, for absolutely. Aki's to take. They they, they had a, like I said they they came up with a system which frustrated Celtic and there was points where that back three were bringing the ball to the halfway line and just didn't know where to go with it. Gogic was unbelievable in the holding role and dropping in to be a third centre half when needed. 
uh, and it took it took a red card to to swing the game basically. Speaking, speaking of positives, Gogic for me was the the big one for Aki's as well. Every time I see him, I know Fowler's banged on him for a, a very, since he very moved into midfield. Place. It's yeah, yeah. such a difference, um, such a difference. There's a few times last year, I think it was against uh, Aribi. Um, he basically looked as if he was about to be retired by Motherwell last season. <laughs> but as you say, moving him into midfield, he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's just he's absolutely made a granite as well. It was the point where he exploded his head open bleeding. Just like, right, okay, do that. On I go, back on, not bothered. I've already been booked. Right, fine, okay, I'll just keep kicking people just a little bit <laughs> more more, more craftily as well. Um, do the, feel a, a wee bit sorry for Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton now slipped to the bottom of the table, but I think of possibly, with the exception of St Mirren, I don't think at any point Hamilton have been horrendous this season, whereas every other side of the... the Bottom six. Do you mean as in a, on a run of form? Are you talking just about like because like, specific? I think they've had specific games they, where they've been terrible. They've had, they've had, but they always have. They always yeah, have, they've always had games for and the nature of the beast is that they're going to have games where they just get turned over. Uh, but they've always managed to bounce back with wins, and I have no doubt that that will happen again. However, I don't think at any point it's felt like. They were massive under massively underperforming, or yeah. they were out of games, uh-huh. or they'd lost their you know they'd lost their shape, or they'd lost momentum, or whatever momentum they have. Whereas I think every other side in the bottom six has, and they're now bottom. Yeah. Um, I, the the main thing is the the thing from this, which will become more relevant the further we go into these games as well, is the the depth that Celtic had as well, um, and it was a strong event that they started with. Um, Obviously, Sean Welsh coming in for his, I think it's his first start for Celtic. But then, as the game wears on and Celtic are looking for a little bit more, they turn to Hayes, Christine Rogic, who each of them bring in their own little thing to making Celtic a little bit different, a little bit more difficult, or a, a little bit more um, attacking, certainly. Mm-hmm. Hayes was just mm-hmm. a little bit more aggressive, um, taking on fullbacks. And Christie just picking things apart. Two assists. Yeah. Two of those got an assist, and Hayes played a huge part in that uh, yeah. Julian goal. What a finish from Julian as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and again, as well as that, just goals coming from, well, obviously, Edward is sensational. Goals coming from Julian as well. Forrest getting back. Forrest having a relatively quiet game and then still getting on the score sheet. Uh, so moving on, we will head to uh, Ayrshire um, as Kilmarnock arrested what I think is their worst run ever, maybe, um, as they <laughs> defeated Ross County 3-1. Um, before we get into the game... My real question is, right, see, every time Stuart Kittlewell does a, a post-match presser, so he, his hair... Comes I, out, can't, I wanted to ask the same his, thing. His hair comes in a point at the front. Like but he, he shaves it. But he shaves it. It looks like he shaves it. Why does he shave it? The child from the monsters. It's like, you know, you know, uh, um, Patrick Stewart has helmet and X-Men where he puts it on so he can read everybody's mind and it comes down to a point at the front. It's like he's had the rest of his head shaved around that, but then he's just shaved off the point at the front as well. I don't know whether that is the case or whether it's just something on his skin or is something. Is he just going grubby? But I don't know. I have absolutely a no idea. A tattoo that when he, once he had his head it's shaved. probably like uh, Ming the Merciless stuff, like yeah. just bad, like absolute baddie haircut going at a point at the front. But it looks like he shaves it. I'm really sorry if it's, it is like a skin thing. I feel terrible if it is. I just I had to ask a question. What like uh, who was it that took the piss out of Kenny Miller? Oh, I don't know. I don't and it turned out he had a skin condition. No idea, but I along those sorts of lines. I um, Eamon Brophy's back. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it was considering the run Kelly were on and the way they started to then concede a goal. 
I, I like a really good goal, a really nice goal from Ian Baggers. And you could hear the booze ringing out. That has just it's yeah. come just after the fans was, have been pissed off by the I was, transfer. That was just for deadline Bagers. day as well. <laughs> just, 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 just for Ian Baggers. No, it just it showed you the kind of the, I think the, the mood at that point yeah. like, could barely have been any war. And, and two good shouts for a pen, and Willie Collum not giving to, like two good shouts for a pen. You could see why that might have turned, but I, I mean certainly based on the highlights. It looked like Kelly just applied themselves and did what they kind of were doing last season and just didn't let the heads drop. Um, Brophy and Kabamba look a lot of fun. Like, you know, yeah. Craig Anderson was saying a couple of weeks ago that he's not sure Kabamba is a good player, but he knows he'll be a lot of fun. Well, he's scored three and four now. <laughs> he does. He and, four. And, 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 the, and, and the difference it's making with Brophy having even a, Brophy a, finally has a partner, a partner, a strike partner, <laughs> and not just. Greg Kilty or Don Thomas. Yeah. Kabamba is a, a physical, tall centre forward, which Kilmarnock, they seem they, they look like they tried that with Osman So, who can he do it? Because it's, it's just not his game at all. Um, it just gives them an option which they've just not had. Even under Clark, they kind of really struggled with that. Well, they had um, Tishbala for a little bit height further forward as well. It wasn't really a partnership with Brophy. With Kabamba up there, it gives them just an awful lot more flexibility in the way that they play it gives, a, it gives them a, a, a direct option if they want to go ahead and do that and against Ross County I would suggest that a direct option is probably the right way to go for them as well um, Cole Donaldson's back <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was when Craig uh, I think Craig was big, obviously being in Ghana he's, he's able to watch uh, Kelly games because he's out of the country um, <laughs> so he watched them on Kelly TV um, it was saying that um Cole Donaldson uh, conceded the penalty that you absolutely imagine Cole Donaldson has conceded. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, clumsy. Um, at best, I think, would be the nicest way to put it. Um, thrashing into it as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a great... I mean, come on, I had to turn it around. Um, I had to start getting a result in Ross County, or Ross County visiting. Um, is exactly the one that you would the, the fixture that you want at that point to try and start turning things around. Ross County have got to be worried, surely. That's yeah, it's um, two wins and nineteen. Yeah, it's nine, really poor. They've gone from six October and just just dropped like a stone since. Yeah, I, I think of all the teams, obviously Hamilton are worried because at the bottom, everyone's got reason to be worried, but Ross County look. The worst side at the moment. Before this, you could argue that it was maybe Kelly, yeah, but I think that's probably just been passed on in this match, yeah. And I think, you know, now Kelly with an eight point cushion on five bad Mm. teams below them, it's not enough for them to breathe easy, but they should. They were certainly the most out of form team going into that, yeah. Yeah. But but I think Ross County, I I wouldn't fancy them against anyone at the moment, Uh, you know. Certainly wouldn't fancy them against Hamilton at the moment, the way that they play. And they should have the players to be performing better than they are. They, they, they need a centre-half. Um, they need a pair of centre-halves, realistically, as well. Mm-hmm. That they're still playing Keith Watson yeah. and it's centre-half is not a... That's it's not sustainable. That's not, that's not a thing you can... It's something you can do in a pinch. It's something that they did at the coming at the end of the season, the championship last year, because they had so many injuries last year that they they just about did enough to, in the end, or as I say, just about did enough. They 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 did more than enough to, to win the league quite capably at the end of last season. But that was with the at the end of the season, you have to start looking at bodies and say, right, are you realistically going to keep us there? 
and it's not in the same situation as they were talking about Hibs backline being the same as the one that came up in the championship as well. They, they were guys who were probably playing just below the level they should have been, whereas guys like Keith Watson, I think he is playing at the level in the championship that he should be. I, I don't think you can you can rely on him for the, the, the entirety of a Premiership season, and I think that's beginning to, beginning to turn out. So it's good for Paul Donaldson to be back in the Premiership. Um, I'm not entirely sure he will remain uh, a Premiership player um, for the rest of next season as well. Uh, any more on this? Uh, no, I think I'm, think I'm good. Uh, we will head to Tony Macaroni then, um, as Mark Gillespie took on Livingston, um, <laughs> with Livingston winning one nothing. Uh, Livingston are brilliant. Uh, really, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. How did uh, Robbie McCrory play? He didn't make a save. <laughs> did not make a save. Um, the only one that came near him was somehow Peter Hartley almost volleying into the bottom corner. Oh, yeah, that back, was so came good. back off the post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Six, 16 shots to one it was uh, I mean I, that was the one that yeah. was the one that was the one in like the 90th minute they, they are they, they, Livy are Livy are great fun they're great fun at the moment uh, haven't conceded a home goal since the 10th of November that's wonderful uh, Rangers are the only team to have scored at the Tony Macarena since September that makes me feel a little bit better other, than, other than Livy obviously are they the uh, only team to concede uh, fewer at home as well or something like that must be or maybe is maybe, it the same the, as Livy something like that their record at home is Phenomenal. I mean, the record all round at the moment is is incredible. Eighteen points from the last possible twenty four. They probably don't need a huge amount more to guarantee top six place. No, like and the the way that the way that everyone else is in the league as well. You're asking a team to put together a run of three or four games, which nobody can do except yeah. Levy, apparently. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it, it's the way that they lost players last season, and everyone thought that they would struggle. And even some of the bodies they brought in, like like Aaron Taylor Sinclair, who looked completely lost last season at Motherwell, has now scored How did he do it? twice and looks like Jack a McMillan as well, a Motherwell yeah. reserve. Is I know he's a young player, but he's gone and he looks a real player there in two different positions. I, they picked up Ricky Lamy from the Championship, and everybody's when they signed him, everybody's like, "What are they doing?" They're going to get relegated if they keep signing players like this. And he's like he's like a solid centre-half for Mar- them. Yeah. Marvin Bartley, John Guthrie came with very little fanfare from Wolves. Scott Robinson. Well. Yeah. Scott Robinson was playing for East Fife not that long ago. I have... I, I, I keep meaning to sit down and spend a bit of time trying to figure out how Livingston worked because I, I felt really pleased myself <laughs> when I figured it out last year. How does this work? Genuinely, the, the fluidity within the team and the structure that they have is absolutely incredible. The... It's in the highlights and you see it, but it's uh, your man Kieran Brown, one of the centre halves, mm-hmm. um, and John Guthrie linking up inside the eighteen yard box, yeah. the Motherwell eighteen yard box, not the <laughs> Livy one. Like, how is this? How does this work? There seems to be. I I, I don't. I, if I could explain how it works, I, I would be involved somehow. But what it is, it always seems like in Livy games. Games are really tightly contested, then there's like loads of bodies in the box, and then suddenly there's miles of space yeah. for someone. It's almost like they, there's like flypaper and it tracked everyone towards it, and there's like <laughs> bodies like throwing forwards, and then suddenly there's like someone's overloaded yeah. in a wide area. I mean, they get they get balls into the box. The, the balls in the box are are you know very very good uh, uh, quality balls, but they. Seem to have upgraded the like the chaos from last season, where if you can create chaos in a small area, um, create chaos everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, but even the even the even the goal, which admittedly you know Morrow's got to do better uh, and don't let a throw in bounce in your six yard box, 
But they Livy committed four men to the first ball. Yeah. And you're going to create all sorts of havoc yeah. with that, even if like even if you don't win it. You're going to get another corner. Penalties, you're going to get another chance. Corners, yeah. Any number of things. And creating those kind of little chaotic moments is doing them a disservice because uh, like Laws is having a great season, Dykes having a great season. They've brought so many players on who who have who've even kicked on in the last couple of months and you kind of you can't sing the prisoners enough if they're being that good defensively and they could comfortably have scored four or oh, five. It, it could easily have been four or five. They're all talking after the game. Like Holt and a few of the other, uh, a few of the players and stuff. They're saying like it's one of the best performances yeah. that they've put in since Holt got there and that kind of thing. They were uh, 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 absolutely, they were absolutely sensational. And just the way they move the ball around and the way they move the players around, that you you suddenly, like I said, got the, the bit with Guthrie and, and Kieran Brown's a good example. But you then find Marvin Bartley pops up on the right hand side. At, taking on full backs, backs and clipping and crosses and stuff like that the way they work is just so clever and it's so hard for anyone to settle and work around that as well it's dead easy to say oh Motherwell had an off day and so Livy were, Livy were good yeah, yeah. Livy gave Motherwell not a second not a not a minute to try and settle and start playing the game yeah. at all um, Motherwell were terrible um, very very poor um, over the course of 90 minutes um, and there's a, there's a few sort of wee worrying wee things in there like Robinson has a, a tendency to when things aren't going right to go to a back three, which was completely nonsensical for us. We, they, we were getting absolutely controlled in midfield. Um, we were getting absolutely thumped by Dykes up front as well. Anytime the ball went long, Dykes was battering the centre halves, adding another one in. Dykes is a, is a lone front man. Yes, they got up and support him, but someone has to go and win it from Dykes. Whether you've got one centre half or three centre halves in there, it doesn't matter. If Dykes winning every ball, then they'll get the support up around them. Motherwell needed another body into midfield. Chucking another centre-half made no difference at all. And then for the last 25 minutes, that centre-half, Bevis McGabby, ended up being a centre-forward as well. It's just a carry-on. Like it's, We lost Devante Cole and we knew Devante Cole was going to be going. Um, we brought in uh, Rolando Ahrens, who's a, another pacey wide player, which is fine. Mm. Um, and Jolie wasn't in the squad at all. Long looks very much like he needs someone to play off of, and we don't have anybody. Keep look. forgetting and Jolie's signed. Yeah, uh, we lost Scott obviously as well, who was uh, gave us a different option if we were going to go long. But at the moment, we have no option to we have no option to go direct unless we're going to play. And Gallagher attempted this numerous times of sort of clipping a ball in behind the the Livy backline in order to let Long cover his running get onto. It. But you're asking. Gallagher or Hartley to play what is a very very difficult ball there and that's the only direct play that we can have at the moment because we've got nobody in the in the final third who's going to win the ball which is why McGabby goes in there but I think that sort of screams that our recruitment hasn't quite gone the way you'd want it to um, we have no physical centre forward option um, and it's not it's not reassuring when we play Celtic on Wednesday and then we go to Paisley uh, in the cup on Saturday as well so nonetheless uh, moving on uh We'll stick with tradition and stick the biggest nothing each of the, the weekend at the very last game as Rangers and Aberdeen played out. What actually looked like a reasonably entertaining nothing each um, with Aberdeen having enough chances to beat Rangers about five times. Yeah, there were, uh, there were it, it was a very entertaining game. It was very, uh, it was very open. Um, I think it's the first time McInnes has changed his system to play Rangers. Like every single time, and for good reason, largely until this season, um, they've uh, had a man marking system set deep hit them on the counter attack 
and largely that's worked really well. Then they got battered five, and it was going five going on ten a, 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 um, a couple of months back. Changed the changed it around a bit, um, changed his, his uh, system a lot. Much more attacking intent. Looked to control the midfield um, and and get the ball forward to to Sam Cosgrove a, a bit quicker. He had a really good chance that he just took a, a terrible second touch. Um, I'll give Alan McGregor some credit because you always tell goalkeepers not to hesitate, and he hesitated, and that was the reason he got <laughs> it. Um, but um, there were enough chances. Uh, Ash Taylor had a, a chance that was really well saved. Um, that was a weird strike, really, yeah, really odd strike. There was it, it, there was it, there was it, two. There was one from about thirty five yards out where he must have just seen that McGregor was too far over on one side and should have been much more comfortable than it actually. It, just, it barely looked like it was moving. Yeah. It was such it was such a mm. poorly like I say poorly struck ball, but it still almost went in. But it just barely looked as if it had any power or pace in it at all. But I think it was just the placement of it was obviously very good. Yeah, it, it must have just completely unsighted McGregor because he he looked like he he panicked a lot more than he should have. And the, but actually the best save of the game was uh, late on Taylor. Um, got on the end of a free kick and McGregor from point blank range yeah. that was a, a really really good save um, so a, a, a little bit more a little bit more dynamic and I think the criticisms that McInnes has had in recent weeks which he has somewhat deserved over the performances um, bearing in mind Aberdeen still haven't scored from open play since December 26th Um he went some of the way to, to kind of uh, winning people back with that because he, he they did go for it, they did have their chances, and he didn't play it. He, he didn't like make a big deal of it, like they you know won the cup or something like that. I think it's really interesting the difference that um, the the Rangers midfield without Ryan Jack and no Tavernier, uh, not giving them any width. Uh, Polster actually looked. Pretty good. He looked really good, but doesn't offer the same attacking threat. Um, and especially when you're playing like a team like Aberdeen, who their main threat comes from the wings. And if you've got an attacking fullback, you're going to pin one of their threats back an awful lot. And the midfield with Arfield, Davis, and Kamara were much more static. Uh, they they just couldn't move the ball around as quickly as they can when 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 Jack's there, and I think the biggest criticism of Gerard in his time, and at the start of the season he he looked like maybe that it, it was he he had learned it, but again it's kind of crept back in um, since since January is not having a plan B. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Rangers ended the game with Aribo, Morelos, Kent, Ojo, Haji, and Camberi in a sort of three one four two. And the only thing they could think to do was put more attacking bodies on. Yeah, and uh, like, like, like you were saying with the Celtic game, the, the depth of bringing on Rogic, Christie, and Hayes—they all came on at a particular. They all came on to do a very particular thing, which Celtic weren't doing. Taylor was very good at left back. I thought for Celtic, Hayes offered a different threat, and again, Taylor had also sort of softened up the, the right hand side of mm-hmm. Mackey's as well. Just chucking on Camberry isn't. It's not adding something to it. It's not making. It's not offering something different. Christie and Rogers are different sort of midfielders who can unpick things. Maybe Hadji will be that. I don't know. Um, but the depth for Rangers just isn't there at the moment. Yeah, I just think I think Gerrard's shown that to be a weakness of his since he came to Rangers. He, he's not very good at making game-changing substitutions. 
and yeah, um, Warburton as well. He was he was criticised a lot for not having a plan B, and it looks quite similar uh, with Gerard. I mean, obviously Gerard's got a lot has got a lot right that Warburton hasn't, but um, similarly doesn't seem to have a plan B. His plan B seems to be different players in the same system rather than you. You're quite right to compare it to Celtic the day before Graham. Uh, sorry, the day after, when you look at just something simple as bringing on Hayes for Taylor. I know that's a bit of a contentious issue at uh, Terrace Towers about how good Taylor is going forward. But um, you're bringing on a winger there, and they got more from they got more from yeah. left back when when he came on. And like you say, Christie coming on and picking a pass um, across. Sorry, Rogic coming on and picking a pass. Obviously, Rangers have talent on their bench. Don't, don't have as much depth as Celtic and there's been times where their benches looked very bare but um, I think part of it's Gerard not able to change things as he'd like it seems to me that the one of the differences as well is it's not just the depth that Celtic have on the bench but you bring on you bring on theoretically a like for like player like a, a player that plays in the same position and they do a very very different job uh, Rangers were basically bringing on a player who does exactly the same. Like, yeah. I can understand why like Brandon Barker is is not the flavor of the month at the moment, but he was the one player on the bench that they could have changed the system with, and there was nobody able to stretch the game. There was nobody able to go past their man, um, and it wasn't like the Aberdeen three in midfield were all very comfortable with the ball, and laterally they threw on like Dean Campbell. Um, and John Gallagher actually had a, a, a really good game, not just by his own so-so standards. <laughs> um, but there wasn't anyone that was able to get the ball up the park. There wasn't anyone running with the ball. Ryan Kent had an off game. So when you're taking off, like you're taking off Kamara and throwing on Ojo, uh, or you know taking off your 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 fullback and just putting on another striker, you're just it's just so mismatched and so unbalanced that it wasn't giving them something different to think about. It was either think about this in exactly the slightly different yeah. way. <laughs> Sorry, there was it was there was a it was either <laughs> it was either this, yeah. think about this in exactly the same way or uh, something else which I can't remember it filled off. <laughs> Grant, uh, that rounds up the weekend's action. Uh, we are going to go and record the Patreon, which I think this week is a mailbag of sorts. Um, so you can see, subscribe to that at patreon.com slash terrace podcast uh, the guys will be back on Thursday with another show and we're getting closer to the TV show inspired by this podcast returning as well so that's back on Valentine's Day don't make uh, any plans yep just dump your bud or dump your boyfriend either way absolutely fine just get rid of them and uh, come in and stay in and watch the lads uh, thanks very much thanks Greg cheers thanks Tom cheers thank you Sports Social Podcast Network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.